Hello, Sober's Dope family. It's Pop Buchanan. Happy 2022. Um, I just had to check in today to let everyone know that I love them. I wanted to thank everyone in the Sober's Dope community and everyone who's been listening and tuning in. I just wanted to reset myself personally um, for the new year so I could bring the right intention to the podcast it's really important because the other day I was just sitting down and I was thinking about my life and I was just like, you know, my recovery is always in the background running like a program on like my own internal computer, right? So it's like I go through my day-to-day, I'm worrying about life, putting together business deals, making things happen, going to work, checking in with family you know, loving family, losing family, watching friends get married, you're going through the day-to-day motions, and you have to deal with your anxieties, you have to deal with the pressures of the world, and at the same time, you have to maintain your recovery, and sometimes I forget that, you know, it's this big battle I'm fighting that I have to keep in mind that's extremely important, right, I, you know, I forget that, and it, it is a beautiful thing, because Um, I remember a time where every waking moment I was counting the days and the hours um, in my recovery. You know, you have 90 days, you have 300 days, you have 3,000 days, you know. So my thing is um, now I just go about life and I'm just like sober and I'm not counting days and I'm not thinking about it as much. But it's a beautiful thing to be in a state of mind and sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit that despite some things may not be working in our favor sometimes life may present its challenges and sometimes things seem really gloomy and dark the one saving grace is we have our recovery and for the person that's in active addiction this message is beautiful and specific for you because it's intended to give you hope and hope is something that I really needed nine years ago when I was in my active addiction and within that darkness it was the hope that despite all the damage I caused all of the pain that I caused myself all of the pain that the alcohol caused me there was hope that I could get better get over that hump and fix myself Um, and heal myself, I should say is a better phrase, heal myself, right? Um, By just being willing to give the idea of recovery a shot. And the thing that used to hold me up in the ideology of sobriety and recovery is this notion of Oh man, I have to stay sober forever. I can never have a drink. I can never have fun. I can't do anything. Um, You know, that little question that I posed to myself was really problematic because in the face of the danger of and darkness of my addiction, I I saw really fast how that, that didn't matter, right? When it really got dark to the point where I couldn't even see the possibility of surviving another day, the idea of recovery was really, really welcome, and the idea of never having to drink again was extremely exciting. 
although it may have been scary because you're going on this journey, you have to learn and unlearn multiple new things, right? I had to unlearn how to cope with my trauma, mental health, depression, anger, emotions, uh, feelings. I had to learn how to cope with that without a drink, without a cigarette. And then I had to learn how to navigate recovery and how to navigate life and being creative and having fun and being interesting and learning how to live and learn to accept my personality as is without the amplification of intoxication and a drink. And these different things we have to learn and unlearn is what makes the journey of recovery possible. But here's the thing. There would be no journey if I didn't choose it. I would have been dead by now, period, right? Or I would have been extremely sick and wouldn't have had any life. And I could have caused myself so much mental damage. I could have damaged my brain, I should say, to the point to where I would be unrecognizable as Pop Buchanan. I would be unrecognizable to my friends and family. I would be a shell of what I once was. And I'm happy that nine years ago, I gave, I made that decision. That was the best decision I ever made. Now, since then, I made some terrible decisions. <laughs> I'm human, right? Like, you know, selling my Ethereum before it blew up, selling my Bitcoin before it blew up, not investing in this, not doing that, not making that business choice, not taking that particular job, not walking through this particular door. We make these decisions in our life that's like, well, in retrospect, that was, that was a bad decision right but the one thing i have in the bank is the best decision i made that i have zero regrets is nine years ago is when i chose my recovery december 15th um 2012 and i recently lost my uncle who was like a father figure to me he was my only real uncle i ever had um and um he was a beautiful man a king that's how we look at him that's how he felt that reverence we have he's a king and he's kind of symbolizes the fallen monument of yesterday that past generation that you know he's just a giant you know when i think of him i think of um martin luther king and i think of that generation and the blues and bb king and the the war and stuff like that my uncle was a extremely powerful figure and he lived a beautiful life he had he left beautiful kids behind and the one thing i have in the bank is that my uncle had a chance to see me find my recovery and he saw me um quit cigarettes and that was the one thing that he always used to say you know you know poppy he always called me poppy you know poppy i tell you this the cigarettes i'm so proud of you it's the one thing i'm having problems kicking and you did it and i was proud that he was able to see that because i remember him seeing me one day it was one christmas you know many many years ago and you know i came to the house i didn't have a haircut i had on and my family is really kind of like anal about how i look and how we dress and how you present yourself publicly and you know, so they'll look you up and down and make sure your shoes are tight, make sure you look put together. My uncle would check you. So he checked me. He was like, you know, I, I don't like the way you look at nephew. You know, I don't like this. I, I seen you look better. He's like, don't be a F up. 
you know, you could do better than this. All right. You know, he was really tough on me that day. And that's the first time I looked at him and I saw like the king in him, you know, really disappointed in how I was representing my bloodline, my DNA and my family and the, the respect that our names bring and the reverence that we should have for ourselves and for our ancestors and for especially my dad he was like you know your dad wouldn't want you seeing you like this it's not how we do things um you know so we do we we have our drinks we do party but this is not what we do and i seem like the only person in my family that was really struggling struggling with um alcohol like that dark side of alcohol where you know you can't get up you're not you're not bathing you're not getting dressed you're not eating you know you're forgetting your hygiene you're, you're just a mess that really affected me and it would be days where i would be perfectly put together and days where i would totally fall apart and it was just like this sporadic you know slippery slope that i was on and i say that to for anyone that's in active addiction that can relate and for the, my people out there who's in recovery that can relate, you know, my uncle saw me for many years sober after that, you know, healthy. I encouraged him. And I know when I looked at when he looked at me, he was proud. And, you know, losing him the other day was really hard for the family. It's really been tough for me. Um, but I know he's with my dad and he, I know he's with his sister and his mother and father, my grandparents, and he's in good companies with God and our ancestors and God and Jesus and Christ and in heaven. I know he's safe, right? And he passed away in his sleep. And um, it just think about the people that you're that's here. Think about the people that you love. Think about the children in your life. Think about the nieces and nephews. Think about, you know, the elders in your family who look at you as their future, as they're leaving in their final days. You're the person that they can look to and say, well, I find hope in the next generation. And think about how addiction can really hurt you and hurt the people around you, how it could damage your legacy your perspective on life, your perspective on yourself, your perception of your reality, your perception of yourself, how you see yourself, how you think about yourself, how you speak to yourself. Think about yourself 20 years from now and how your addiction is going to make health and your mental health more difficult to navigate. Think about the sacrifices that people made for you to be here and think about what that means on the grand scale. And when you put all of that in perspective, and then you say, well, I have to do this for me, because if you're not okay, then the people around you are not going to be okay. It's almost like when you hear the term herd immunity, it kind of goes both ways. It's like when you're part of a tribe, a familiar tribe, and you have people, whether they're friends, whether they're family, whether they're adopted family, as a community, as a culture, as a people, as a tribe, when one of us are not well, it affects the energy of the whole circle. It affects the energy of the whole group. It's an energetic shift. So when you're down in your addiction and you're down in your mental health, 
you're affecting the mental health and the immune system and the nervous system of the people around you that love you. The people that you love deep down in your heart, you're hurting them, whether it's intentional or unintentional, because as an addict, you don't intend to hurt people. You are addicted, so it's not your fault to a certain degree, right? I'm not going to let us off the hook 100%, but... You know, being addicted is something that we don't sign up for, something that just happens, right? Based on circumstance, chemicals, hormones, um, life, the nature of the drug, our brains. Some of us get addicted and then we can't fight these chemical impulses. So we're like thrown down this rabbit hole where we have to figure it out and hopefully we make it out alive. Hopefully we um, don't die. But. That doesn't change the fact that your addiction is affecting the immunity, the immune health, the nervous system, the the, the, the the mental health, the spiritual health of the whole tribe, the whole community around you, the kids, everyone is affected. And if you don't understand that as an addict, then you're way off base. And if that's not enough motivation to stay in your recovery, then you have to shift your perception and your perspective. Um, and bring it down to earth a little bit and just remember part of taking accountability is being aware of how your actions affect other people now I can hear Gary V saying right now you're preaching brother you're preaching and that's not my intent I'm not trying to preach to you but these are some of the ideas what I kind of want to do with Sober is Dope um, I want to include in some of my talks is the raw nature of what being in recovery really means on a grand scale. What it means when you're on your deathbed 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 years from now, or what it means when, you know, you lose someone that you love. What is your legacy, right? The concept of good and evil, the concept of God and the devil, the concept of, you know, spiritual warfare, you know, whether you believe in these things or not, there is a presence in the universe that's extremely based on love, life, creation, and goodness. And then there's an energy in the universe that's destructive. There's an energy in the universe that's evil. There's an energy in the universe that's just intrinsically dark. That, you know, feeds off the death energy and not the life energy, Right. And addiction is one of those energies, it's one of those things that we know, we can feel, we can sense that this thing is evil, is dark, is not intended for the human. You know, I imagine the Garden of Eden, there wasn't cocaine on the trees in the garden and beer running through the rivers. This is all man-made junk that we make through commerce that hooks innocent people, right? There's a term that I love to think about going back to Eden like that represents like eating off the land staying in nature being one with the creator being one with your environment being in touch with the seasons being in touch with the animals eating healthy living free being close to the God right it's this paradise in our minds that you know when you think of the garden of Eden it's kind of like this paradise and we know that addiction almost is like that snake in the garden it's the proverbial snake in the garden that's entering our heaven and our paradise and convincing us to eat of this forbidden fruit. And once you eat of it, it's kind of like, oh, man, what the hell is this? This thing is dark. It took me out to paradise. I've got this is the analogy, right? 
Addiction is never good. There's better ways to cope with your mental health. There's better ways to cope with your trauma. And look, I learned so much in the last three years of doing sober is dope that I could really I could really speak clearly to our bottom line. Like a lot of us drink because we're sad, we're hurt, we're in pain, emotional pain. A lot of us drink and do drugs because we have trauma. We have issues. People broke our hearts. People did things to us. P- you know, uh, things happened to us. We lost things that we love. We lost love. We lost things. And we suffer, right, with this pain. And all we're trying to do is deal with the anxiousness, the anxiety, the nervousness, the fear, the sadness, the depression. And, you know, you try to do it by having a good night, try to blow some steam off, have a drink, do a little drugs, take the edge off, like people like to say. And then what happens is you can't get out of that rut and you feel momentary pleasure, right, that, that, that you know, that goes away and then the pain comes right back. And then now you're in more pain because now you did more damage to your brain. You didn't do anything to heal the trauma or the pain. You just mask it for a small period of time. And then you go back to the drug. And then the drug starts to replace some of your dopamine receptors and these hormones and things in your brain. And your vital neurotransmitter hormones start to get affected. And through that affect, you start to develop this addiction. Because your brain starts to seek this reward for what is thinks is helping you but it's actually hurting you and you become dependent on it and you cannot get out of it without some type of extreme help now the types of help that you can have are spiritual right you have a vital spiritual experience that helps people medical intervention rehab detox um a rude awakening you know Something can happen in your life that shakes you to your bones and you just like, yo, I got scared straight. Whatever it is, friends and family, addiction is definitely on the side of that snake in the garden. And it's definitely intended to take you out the garden to eat in that proverbial paradise, right? That mental clarity, what we take for granted, just waking up with your head on your shoulders, that's priceless. You're still going to have to deal with life, the pain, money, bills, people. Sometimes people suck. The environment sucks, but you have your head about you. You're not waking up in a stupor, blacked out, forgot where you were, forgot who you hurt, forgot, you know, you're not aware of your surroundings, your shame. You're waking up in shame and guilt. That's the next thing that surrounds your addiction. It comes with a cocktail of shame and guilt and more depression and sadness. So these are incentives to take your reality seriously and consider trying to get the help that you need so you can help your immune system so you can help your nervous system your mental health your life your legacy and so you can find your garden to eat and again in your paradise right you deserve that and no drug and alcohol should have the power to kick you out of your own garden of eden and your own paradise because it can't it's not god god will restore you and god made you perfect we have challenges but are you going to give some drug the power to kill you so you can overdose and so you can get drunk and then lose yourself and hurt someone or hurt yourself and then live in this perpetual regret and what if? It's bullshit. 
I'm tired of addiction. I get it. But for those who's on the other side and still in active addiction, I'm telling you, you've been duped. It's the biggest spell that have ever has ever been put on humanity. It's actually part of an old system. When you look at the phrase pharmakia, this is like sorcery. It means sorcery, like magic. These drugs, the pharmacy, comes from the root word, the Greek word pharmakia, which is sorcery, right? You, you look at these drugs named Razapan, this is this and that, um, you know, all these different drugs and how they sound. And then alcohol, um, it's a spirit. So, you know, they say wine is spirits. These are real powers. They're real forces that accompany these. It's vibrational energies that accompany these things. And these things will drag you lower and lower and lower. It will pull on you until you're on all fours, drooling from the mouth, getting kicked in your head from some asshole on the street that's taking advantage of you because you're drunk. You know, the one thing I always remember that I hate about alcohol, anytime someone tried to play me or demean me or do something to me that I felt was unacceptable, it was when I was drunk. And I noticed something about humanity. They will feed off your weakness. They, they, people will take advantage of a drunk person. They'll kick you down the stairs. They'll punch you in your face. They'll, they'll smack you. They'll try to rob you when you're sleeping. People don't have compassion for uh, uh, us addicts. They, they think they do. People are full of shit. Right? They may have compassion when it's packaged beautifully in a movie or they're hearing it on a podcast but when you see somebody in real time drunk and they're drooling all over themselves and they all messed up and they're like help me help me help me you're gonna move away as if they have some plague and you're gonna walk right past them you're not gonna think to call the cops you're not gonna care that's what human humans do they reward us when we're up and they kick us when we're down. It's a human thing. That's what we do. Now, you have some good people, but then you have the average person that's going to look at you on the street and say, what a shame. They're going to go about their business. So, Pop, what does this mean? How can I use this? You have to love yourself. You have to return yourself to paradise. You have to give yourself the gift of recovery. You have to give yourself the gift of your Eden. Give yourself your paradise back. Maintain your paradise once you have it. That's what recovery is. It's maintaining your garden of Eden. So no no snake or devil could come into your garden and can seduce you into eating that forbidden fruit again. Right? It's all one big analogy. Right? Read the book of Genesis and the book of the garden of Eden and Adam and Eve. And just think of yourself as Adam or Eve. Right? And then think of the devil as the drug dealer or the drug of choice try to convince you to eat the, the, to take the drug which is the forbidden fruit that you shouldn't touch and then think about what happened to Adam and Eve once they had it they got kicked out of paradise knowledge is, knowledge is, um, their, they had awareness of self they were no longer the same they couldn't live in this paradise God said oh man I'll still love you but you gotta leave the garden right and the snake goes to and fro to earth. You got to look at all that as an analogy, right? Even if you're not religious, just look at it from a literary standpoint. It makes sense. Don't let no one or no thing convince you that your trauma and pain warrants you to pick up or use again or drink again. Because it's bullshit. 
you're just going to put yourself closer to the death vibration and the death energy and i want us to breathe li- i want to breathe life into you in 2022 right there's going to be you know when i when i think about sobers though we have so many episodes that you can lean on right but i want to reinforce those episodes with new energy by me saying to you like this the best decision you could ever make for yourself is giving yourself a shot at life again give yourself a shot at life i feel like crying right now i got i'm emotional right now i don't know why but there's someone out there who needs to hear this you're dying you're killing yourself it's not your fault this drug's taking its toll it's, it's it's pulling on you you really really deep down want to stop you don't believe you can you don't know how you don't know where to begin so it sounds easy and poetic and beautiful for me to say give yourself life again but you're like how where do i start right is AA for me I don't have no connection with God. I don't know how to get this vital spiritual experience. I don't want to go to detox. I don't know. Maybe I'll go tomorrow. You want to stop, but you don't know how. The only thing I can say to that is, if you don't, you will die. Or you will live such a low vibrational existence that you will wish you were dead. And none of those are good options. So forget the why and the how and just start with the I want to stop. I want to get help. I deserve to live. I want to give myself my paradise back. I want to transform myself. I don't want to do these drugs. God, can you remove this from me? Now, by you consistently saying these things, these affirmations and affirming them, that's how you start to get closer to the why and the how i could let this demon go how can i beat the demon of addiction you start by saying out loud i want to beat the demon of addiction you want yeah i want to beat the demon of addiction i want to let this go i want to live i choose life i don't want to drink and do drugs you start there. God help me. You think about your most beautiful ancestor, whether it's a grandmother, the one person in your family. Now, I'm speaking because most people might be like, I come from a bad family. I don't have nobody that loves me. There's always one person in your life that loved you as a child. It could have been a teacher. It could have been a print. It could have been anyone. Think about those who left you. Your great aunt, that one aunt, that one person, that one uncle. And you say to them, if they died and they're in heaven, you say, can you help me find? Ask them to help you bring you closer to God. If you don't believe in God, say, God, I don't believe in you. But I do believe in the possibility of miracles. And I do believe that I deserve to live. Can you help me? You have permission to call God out. God, help me. If if you believe in God, great. If you don't, everybody always saying this stuff about God. Can you help me? I want help, God. Help me. You start from that perspective, you're going to see magical things happen eventually a couple of weeks later, a couple of months down the line. You're going to shift your energy closer to healing and further away from the death vibration of the drug of choice. If you don't know how, if you don't believe you can stop, if you don't believe this miracle could be for you. I mean, come on, man. I've I seen people so jacked up off of drugs, man. They, I, I spoke to people who's like, man, there's no way I'm going to get better. I, I, I done lost it all, man. I, I don't even, I'm not even healthy no more. 
90% of people who don't get, not 90%, that's a bad statistic. A large percentage of people that don't seek recovery, they don't seek it because they feel like they created so much damage to their body and their brain. They feel so unhealthy. They think they're dead already. They think they're dying. So they're like, they throw in a towel like, I can't get help. I don't mess my body up too much. There's no quality of life I can live. You just don't believe in the possibility of a miraculous transformation. And sometimes the miraculous, the transformation is not all peaches and cream and miraculous. It's dirty. It's hard. It's, it's it transformation is uh, um, um, one of the most hardest things that we have to uh, um, um, try. But but it promises renewal. And that's what you want. And that's all I want for you. I want you to live. And I want you to have faith that there's a possibility. And I'm telling you from firsthand experience. So I'm an expert at this process because I lived through it. And I did it. And I'm still doing it. So a doctor could tell you something. But if he's not an addict, he's not going to be a full-blown expert on what the transformation process is. Only another addict who went over the, across the threshold can speak to you in this way. So it's millions of us out there with the qualification to say, hey, buddy, you could do this. I know because I was worse than you. I'm looking at you and telling you I was 10 times worse. Right. I couldn't walk. I couldn't see out one eye. My arms stopped working. I had a foot removed. And all this shit. And then I got sober and now I'm uh now I got my life back. There's people there's always an addict worse than you that has evidence that he could call bullshit on your 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 idea that you can't do it. I know people yo look man, I know people that was on all type of hard drugs that was homeless for over 15 years, that had all type of arrest records, that had all type of shit. And they're the most, they, they, you will see them today and you wouldn't understand the transformation. I'm talking about some of these people look like, like damn their models and like, oh my God. And you see that their, their mug shots and their pictures and you're like, how the hell you transform that much? The human body, the human soul, the human spirit has the most redemptive qualities ever. It's designed for you to heal and get back on your feet. It's not designed to let you be down, but you have to shift the mind, you have to shift the thoughts, you have to shift your spirit, and you have to shift your energy. You could do this for yourself. And I'm talking to people in recovery who think that the recovery is just enough. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't let it all be about your recovery. Once you find your recovery, recover your life back. Build your business, build things, create things. Build a world for yourself. Do creative things. Challenge yourself. Because sometimes people get bored in recovery because they focus too much on it. It's like I'm in recovery, I'm healthy, and I'm just focusing on this. Then you neglect all of your human potential and wonder why you're bored on a Friday night. You know, God could say, well, I made you with the talents to paint. You could be an Olympic swimmer. You was meant to be a writer. You was meant to be a film producer, a lawyer, and you was meant to speak 18 different languages all at the same time. He could be talking to you specifically saying that that's how much talent you are wired with, but you're not using them. So you seem depressed and bored because you're not activating your potential. So once you have your recovery, use your recovery to activate your potential, make things, create things, be about 
the creation process and you will win and it will be difficult it's not easy some days I'll pull my hair out I don't have hair I'm bald but you know what I'm saying I pull my baldy out and I'm like damn but the one thing I never say is oh I wish I had a drink because that's a lie I swear to everything I never thought I may have had one or two thoughts where I was like oh maybe it'd be nice to have a drink now and immediately was like unless you want to walk on all fours die in a gutter be broke stink tired and broke and sick within days within days addiction is no joke within days you will be finished we're not even talking about a good run we're talking about within a week you will look like a goblin so stop playing games and then I straighten up and I go there's a better way to deal with all of this and I go buy a milkshake or something and call it a day right and they got low carb low sugar milkshakes now too and probably even got keto milkshakes and probably vegan milkshakes but nevertheless I love you all don't give up on yourself the message for 2022 is transformation jubilation recovery and and elevation right i'm just gonna keep throwing on some type of asian right we're gonna just add it this is the year we trying to come up because one thing we're fighting a pandemic we're fighting government we're fighting the world we're fighting life we're fighting ourselves we're trying to live in this new society where shit seems total totally dystopian and dystopic and sad and end of the world and mad maxi but god is good we're alive too many people die for us not to appreciate the the fact that we're living and we have our recovery and if you don't have your recovery and you're hearing this message you're on your way to your recovery because you're going to start by affirming life one moment at a time I want to live. I choose to live. I want to live. I choose to live. I don't want to do drugs. I deserve better. I want to get this done. And watch the magic happens every day you get up and say, I hate these drugs. I don't know why I do it, but I'm going to start here. I hate this. I don't like the way I feel and I want to get better. And in time, you'll start to see that the words start to move closer to actions and emotions and it all starts to come together and you shift your energy towards healing. And then miraculously, one day, somehow you'll find the why and the how and you'll develop the where and the when and you'll get it done. I love you. You're listening to Sober is Dope. I'm Pop Buchanan. I dedicate this episode to my beautiful uncle, Earl Lynn Ateem Ferguson rest in peace you did well king i love you i'm glad you saw me sober i'm proud of you go home go to sleep with our ancestors king and i love you i catch you all on the other side go in love and peace embrace the new year have hope have faith and don't give up i catch you guys later love and peace in the name of the father son and the holy spirit may god bless you over and out